0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. If you didn't know that before, you know it now. Uh, my co-host, Leanne Whippin is out there running around the world somewhere. Uh, just got done with the Jack, and now she's doing some NASCAR stuff. She'll be back in the studio next week. I've uh, got uh, Camaro David, Commander Chris running around somewhere in the back of the studio, and we are coming to you from our very private and a cozy turn-it-don't-burn-it studios here in Portland. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. You can check them out online to see if there's a store near you with PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. He's back. The great bearded one is back today. (laughs) My buddy Eric G. from around the house. And we are going to talk about outdoor kitchens and safety and decks because it is coming into fall. It's obviously tailgate season. Lots of stuff for people to do. It doesn't always have to be around sports. It can be hunting, fishing, just the family over and all that. But there's different things to do, different things to look at come to the fall. And also, it's a good time to start planning for your backyard expansion. Hey, EG, what's going on? Hey, brother, how you doing? I moved the blue tarps out of the way out of the Portland studio (laughs) here so we could get in and uh, do the show today. I like it. I like it. Yeah. You're Eric is under constant remodel. Yeah. I was just talking about the homeless
1: guy out in front of the studio today.
0: Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> used to we're be in a Portland, right? He used to be a city commissioner. So oh. it, <laughs> here in Portland, Oh, we're starting early. Okay. Oh, we're starting start early. Yeah. I got a Pepsi on the rocks here. So let's go, let's go with it. Brought to you by <laughs> brought to you by the blue can with the blue tarp. Uh it is a good time. You know, summer's over. Everybody gets fired up two times a year. Spring, mm-hmm. when the weather breaks and they can start doing stuff. And then I think if they're anything like me, buddy, at the end of the summer, and just before the fall starts, and maybe some real weather starts coming in, you you kind of sit back and you go you know, I like it, but I think I need to do this, whatever this is, you know, whether it's a deck expansion, more grills, more built-in grills, more stuff to bury cables under the ground. So whenever they have to really do excavation at your house, it can really screw things up. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd like to get your take on We'll start with that. Uh, Why is now a good time to plan expansions or remodels, corrections um, on your outside, on your outdoor kitchen?
1: Well, first off, if you want to hire somebody to come out and work on your deck in May or June, you better have them under contract in the next week or two, because you probably won't then get them till August of next year, because most of the good deck people out there are booked out that far in advance uh most of the guys i know right now are booking june july already and that's with people that have their plans and
0: budgets in place that's not those guys in australia that sell that deke coating oh, the so. new,
1: yeah the no, no not not the news Ze- not, not the new zealand
0: deek sealant down there okay yes. all right well i was just checking I wanted to make sure (laughs) I Um, like your talking, though, but that's a whole other. Yeah, that's I won't go there today. Uh, (laughs) I'm just in one of those moods. But when you look, when you're when you're thinking about adding a deck, we're just going to start with this, folks, when you're thinking about uh, adding a deck or expanding your deck what should people be cognizant of what should they be looking for i mean you can you can get anything you want in the world built if you've got the money to pay for it but let's try to keep it reasonable and say they want to add another you know 200 square feet or 300 square feet to their deck and maybe a place that they can park their grills
1: okay First off, you really got to plan ahead because these days you have composite decking materials that can last 20, 30, 40 years out in the weather and still look good, but you've got pressure treated lumber that might last 15 if you're not careful. Right. So you've got to be really careful when you build it. And there's some really good tricks that you can do to make that framing have a a much better chance of surviving as long as you're. You know, decking stuff that you see and wear every day
0: now, I'm going to revert back to my cowboy days when we rebuilt the fence, and I'll get to the point soon, I promise people. But when we rebuilt the fence, we bought pressure, pressure treated posts, okay? For years before that, people just bought cedar or fur posts and stuck them in the ground. and five years later, they were rotting off, right? But we bought pressure treated. And then I would actually take them and put them in a barrel that had, um, and you're not supposed to do this, but I'll just tell you the truth. We put creosote and diesel in there and Mm -hmm. let them sit in there for a week, pull them out, let them dry. Then we would, you know, sink them in the ground, surround them by gravel and all that. Are there things that people can do similar to that, but maybe with less toxic chemicals?
1: Yeah. There's no tapes that you do. So what you can do is, is you frame up your deck, you know, you get the, the joists and the framing up, you make sure that it's flashed with metal and flexible flashing to the house. So water doesn't get in behind that. And then before you put everything down, you just put the the Z tape down or it's a black tape. It's a pressure applied tape that goes over the top of all your wood. Okay, And it doesn't matter if you get a little bit of rain or a lot of rain. What that does is that goes across there. And then when you put your deck screws down through the decking or through the, you know, the hidden ones in between the decking, that keeps water and any of the dirt and junk that falls down between the deck boards from sitting there and rotting it out.
0: What about if you do have pressure treated stuff, they got the little holes where they you know, if you've ever cut apart a pressure treated post, you don't, it doesn't go all the way through. There's right. always a core in there, but do you have to worry about getting stuff with that sealant you were just talking about in those little holes? Now it's, it's like a, it's almost
1: like a duct tape. If you think about it, of that thickness and you're just going to put it over the top of all of the pieces out there. So it deflects the water and then you use a roller. Cause a lot of those tapes have to have 30 pounds of pressure to make them stick. Right. And if you use the roller and you roll them out, as long as you're getting off the top, that's where really the rot starts is on that top layer. And then where a screw penetrates that and goes into it, because you're right, it's, you know, with most of this, you're just trying to keep that top surface from rotting. Rarely does it come from the bottom up unless it's sitting in moisture or water.
0: And you talked about the composite decks, which I have one, I have Trex out there. And I know you're working. You're not working with Trex. You're working with somebody else. I think on your deck. But how much can those buggers hold, weight wise?
1: As much. Your weak point is not going to be the deck. It's going to be the framing down below. So usually, when you frame up uh, a deck for composites, depending on the composite brand, you either have those floor joists at twelve inches on center or sixteen on center. Right. Um, I like 12 just because it makes for a sturdier deck and it makes things really solid with that. But really, you're going to load that up. You're not going to go through the decking on that. You will you will pull things either off the house or or bust a a deck board before anything. That's not really where your your weak point is going to be in that structure.
0: Speaking of weak points in my uh, father-in-law's house um, years and years ago, he was a contractor, by the way. Oh, and they live up at the coast. And I actually stepped through the deck when we came back from fishing. The only good part about that was is I had my hip waders on. Uh, so when I went sliding down there, it did not I didn't get all torn up.
1: I was going to say, know. yeah, that busted up board didn't play the side of your leg at least.
0: No, but the next time we went up there, I noticed that everything was fixed. So yeah. no more worries about falling through the deck.
1: And I've done that. And, and most of the decks that I've seen that happen to is when people use the wrong materials for the decking. Like, I, I can't tell you how many decks I've seen people get really cheap on and just use regular framing whitewood two by fours. And then they stain them trying to make it work. And it just looks horrible. And, it, you know, four or five years down the road, you're ripping it all off to do it all over again.
0: One thing I can recommend to people is ramps. Nice. It- uh I have two ramps on our deck. Uh because You're I'm always wheelchair? Yeah. No, it's for wheeling barbecues down. Yes. Yeah. Well, wheelchair maybe eventually probably, but uh because I've taken such good care of myself over the last <laughs> sixty years. But I'm just saying uh I would recommend that they plan for that because a lot of the big barbecues now, the heavy ones and all that, they they have carts that you can you can do that. You put them on there. They have handles. They and they've got pneumatic wheels on them and you can roll them up and down. And it's a lot easier than trying to get three people to help you balance one, getting, taking it down two or three steps. If you've so, ever tried
1: to move a Kamado style grill, you'll realize how important that ramp is.
0: Yes. And that's why I had two of them put in there so that, you know, they're, they're close to each other, but that's the side of the deck that gets the most wear as far as moving stuff around and i had one put in and then this year we put in another one and boy has it been handy you
1: know something that's really cool i've got a, a good friend who is one of the big you know deck experts out on youtube instagram and he's known as dr Dex. he's actually based out of tacoma washington he does some really neat stuff with these composite decks he actually has developed a way to take heat blankets And he sits there and wraps these in these silicone heat blankets, the deck boards themselves. Yeah. And he'll build a template on his garage floor. He'll heat up these 16-foot deck boards, pull them out. They're like silly putty. He will put them in the template. And now he has radius deck boards. So he can do a a set of stairs coming down or the outside corner is a radius corner. With the deck boards actually doing the radius exactly.
0: Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. So pretty cool stuff. Anyway, we are going to take a break. We're going to be back with Eric G from around the house and yours truly right after this. Don't go away. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation i'm jt and we've got my buddy eric g from around the house um We'll tell you how to find him here a little bit later in the show, but he's all over the place. And Eric's got a new TV show coming out the first of the year. So that's exciting. And uh, who knows? You never know who will show up on that show, do you? Exactly. You
1: never know, do you?
0: No. Okay. So we covered the deck. So the next thing is people wanting to transition from just a bunch of standalone barbecues to an outdoor kitchen and a lot of the outdoor kitchens now In fact, most of them. They're, they're stainless steel. They're um, actually, you know, marble topped or granite topped or whatever they want. You can have, you can have anything, you know Uh, it's a little better than grabbing two laundry baskets and putting a piece of plywood across it, you know, (laughs) for your kitchen there. But when people are going to look at that and those can be very large expenditures, Mm -hmm. very large. Uh in fact I've seen a few of them that probably cost more than the first house I ever bought. So it can cost more than your
1: kitchen inside the house if you're not careful.
0: Yeah. So what should they look at though? Uh that's kind of a general question, but what should they look at? You know, the design, the space, uh, are you putting pavers in, do you have a slab? Uh did you have a slab and you've been using it for your standalones but then all of a sudden you want to put a real outdoor kitchen in there, but you don't have it plumbed or wired. So how do they get through that process?
1: First of all, start with kind of what, let's start at the foundation here. If you've got a slab, the challenges you have is trying to get power out there, trying to get plumbing because uh, it's out in the middle of a, you know, of a, of a patio slab or something like that. And you've got to be able to get that water and, and drain and that kind of stuff. And then you have to also consider the climate that you're in. If if you're in, uh, you know, northern Michigan and you've got water out there, you better have a plan for either blowing that out or having something that's going to keep everything warm, so you don't freeze things up out there. Because you can do a lot of little damage just with water in a pipe or water in an appliance or something like that if you're if you're not set up correctly. Yeah. But it's even more complex if you're going to be building it on a raised deck where you've got a composite deck board, for instance. Because what happens is is you almost have to design that area to hold like a hot tub. So you've got to completely design for the for the load that you're going to put on there. You know, great example if you're putting on you know uh, a few hundred pound Komodo style grill, you've got maybe it's built in, you can have thousands of pounds of material sitting there that you've added the deck before you put six or eight people around the outside. So you've got to really plan ahead for that. And uh, many times they will, if you're kind of ground level and it's a a deck that's up, I've seen a lot of people actually build up a concrete area there just to support that because it can be a lot of weight in that spot. And it's just something in the beginning that you have to start with.
0: Well, and if you get a bunch of your, friends and neighbors over there and they're, uh, corn fed, like we are, that can, that can add a couple thousand pounds really easy with half a dozen people out there.
1: And you think, oh, it's a lot of weight, but here's where it makes a difference. So let's say, you know, like for instance, my outdoor kitchen, I have an eight by eight. So an eight foot by eight foot L shaped bar outside. Mm -hmm. And I put a slab porcelain countertop on the outside of that. Well, solid porcelain all the way through, durable. Doesn't matter what I do. And I could throw I could throw briquettes on that thing and light it on fire and uh, do some s'mores and not hurt it. That's how durable this is. But its weakness is that I can't have the material under it move. So I can't have any flex in that decking surface at all. Because if that wall moves or anything else like that, I'll bust that top faster than anything. So it has to be dead perfect, just like it was your kitchen in your house. So again, you have to really consider that stuff when you're building it out.
0: What would you do for that? Would you put more support under the deck, you know, maybe some more joists or even some pillars with, you know, flat support uh, panels on the top of it as it's meeting the bottom of the deck?
1: Yeah, I did two things. One on mine, I put in about three different beams carrying that. So I shortened the span up so it was, you know, like three feet. I mm-hmm. overly built it that way. So there was literally no place for that to move. And of course, then the post went down into concrete, all of that. And then I blocked between those two by tens that were holding the deck together. So it was just as locked in as I could get it. That way it wouldn't move. And and that's the thing. And you have to think about your countertop materials because there are countertop materials that you can go down and say, oh, I'm gonna use this in your outdoor kitchen. You don't want to do that. For instance, you know, the The quartz countertops, the Caesar stones, the Silestones, the Cambrias, all those different brands out there do not use a quartz countertop on an exterior application because that is made out of, you know, 93% quartz. The problem is, is the binders that hold it together in the sun. If you put out a white countertop out there, it will be yellow because the UV will turn colors to that stuff so even though it's durable inside your house uv is not going to be your friend so you've got to be careful with that
0: and you just if you did that i don't know why you would do it but if you did it can you you know get a custom made cover for it but you know the problem with that is you always got to remember to put it on take it off and it's
1: not going to happen right i mean that's that's just not going to happen so you're better off using you know a slab porcelain like i did that's non-porous and it's the UV is not going to hurt it. Uh, you're better off doing something like that. You can use stone, but the problem is, is you got to be careful and have that thing really sealed because technically, if you didn't have that sealed or you kind of failed on your sealing bit and you had water soak into the surface and then you had a a winter day where it was in the 20s, it could blow out the surface of that and bust it out because the the water in the stone will expand. So it is porous. So you have to be careful with some of those things.
0: And that's tough because that that is. A big chunk of money sitting there
1: mm-hmm. you know so i'd much rather see you know and the problem is is you got to be careful some people oh, i'll do a cool stainless or or copper top sure but when it's full sun at 105 degrees out there you don't want to be boiling your cocktail
0: on it right well, i boiled my cocktail in worse places than that but exactly. uh, you know but, what i'm getting at yeah <laughs> well and you know stainless makes a lot of sense for the drawers mm-hmm. um you know, the, the framing for where you're going to, if, if you're going to put a gas burner, just for mm-hmm. example, on the top of that, you know, you want all the stainless you can get in those portions, but not so much in direct sunlight. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with my buddy Eric G from around the house here on Barbecue Nation. Like I said, Miss Leanne is on special assignment back in somewhere. I don't know where, but she'll tell me when she gets back. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Right after this. Hey, everybody, it's J.T. from Barbecue Nation. And my friends down at Smokey Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now, Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread and a drink. And that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida and they bring you fire grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to uh, Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. And today we've got Eric G. From the amazing Around the House show. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. And also Gunter. It's not Gunter. It's Gunter. Gunter Wilhelm Knives. they have ex- excellent knives. Very affordable. And they're very efficient in the kitchen. I mean, if you're a cook like I am, that's one of your primary tools, is your knives. And if they hold an edge, which these do uh, for a reasonable price, because, you know, some people can go crazy and you can spend, you know, $1,000 on a chef's knife. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't have to do that with Gunter Wilhelm. Gunter, sorry, Wilhelm. Anyway, yep, do that. And you got to watch, keep all your fingertips out of the way, too, because they are sharp. I'll put it that way. When people, you know, on this show, I'm sure just like on your show, Eric, people have their favorites. Okay. They have their favorite barbecues. They have their favorite smokers. They have their favorite, uh, you know, offset cookers, you know, whatever. I mean, because there's tons Dobbins, of these, whatever. right? Yeah. You got pellets. You got all kinds of stuff now. One of the things that comes up and I've been seeing a little more of it in the, in the trade, so to speak, is that they build an outdoor kitchen. Okay. And they've got it. So maybe they have a Traeger in there too. Nothing wrong with Traeger, not ripping on them, but then they get, and they say, well, you know what, I'm going to go over to um, pit boss or green mountain. The size isn't always exactly the same. So it doesn't fit in that spot. If it's an inset or permanent like that. How should people keep that in mind when they're actually building? Uh, you, you're not going to put a Kamado. Well, I've seen them, but I don't think it's very practical into a permanent situation. Okay. Especially because of the weather, even though you've got a cover on it, you don't want the Kamado to get any moisture at all. If you can possibly avoid it inside with that, that that's a bad no, no. Yeah. But on the other stuff, how do they. How do they, can you leave a little wiggle room, so to speak in there or, but then if you do that, you're going to have some stability issues.
1: Yeah, you really don't. And my, my advice is if you're going to go through the expense of building that out and doing it, you kind of really need to step in there and really buy as good a unit as you can afford. You know, it's like yeah. when you go down to, to to Walmart or Home Depot or any name, one of the big box stores and you, you buy that $99 barbecue, it lasts you for about a season and a half and everything is rusted out and you throw it away and you go out and do it again. And maybe you could have spent 400 bucks and got something that would have lasted you five years, right? Since, you know, going that route. But it's the same kind of thing with that. If you get something good, you know, you should get a number of years out of it. And if you take care of it and keep it from rusting out, that's always the biggest thing. Most people don't care for them. They rot out and they, they get nasty and they throw it away. But one of the tricks that you can do is I would go with a bigger range because if you need to find a smaller, you know, let's say you've got that, that built-in barbecue, right? So you've got that in there almost like how a a, a commercial cooktop is. Right. With that. If it's, if you get a unit that's a little bit smaller, you could have some stainless steel cut and you have a trim out and it looks like it was factory made. So yep. you can make a little filler strip in there. It's when you go bigger and you have to start cutting stuff out is when it gets a little more difficult. Cause sometimes it's kind of hard to open those things up without making a heck of a mess or, or risking damaging other things on it.
0: And by the way, I just got a note from, um, um, my Nigerian prince, my $5 billion is on the way. So oh, cool. That, that, so if that's true, <clears throat> uh, you and Leanne can do this show and find me at the palm trees. Oh,
1: wait a minute. I, I, I'm falling right behind you. I thought I'd get my cut.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you you can be my tattoo. There we so, go. No pun intended. Uh, the plane the, the
2: plane.
0: plane, the plane, the plane, the plane. <laughs> um, You know, that's really one thing. And, and, The people that that have multiple grills, I'm, you know, I do obviously, but and you do too. And when you're looking at that, I think this is just me. What one or what two are you going to use the most? To me, they get the priority placing in the arrangement, Mm -hmm. and then the the one, you know, maybe it's the big kamado, whatever. Yeah. Maybe maybe you've got a, a little flat top that you're going to stick in there somewhere um, that can be you know permanently mounted in there like that. Exactly. I, I think, though, that you get and most people use gas grills. They mm-hmm. still, you know, and and I'm down with that, actually, because a lot of people do not get into the cooking aspect like I do or like you do or Leanne does, whatever. And they use gas grills. They're quick. They're efficient. They're fairly inexpensive to run. And they and they do that. And then pellets right behind that. Uh, you know, we've come a long way with charcoal grills as far as the availability of chimneys and stuff to start them fast. But you've still got that ongoing heat for a while. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just shut off like a gas grill will and cool off in 10 minutes. And and neither will. uh Well, a pellet grill will cool off if you, you know, shut it down, turn on the fan and all that. It cools off very fast. So how should people be thinking about their priorities when they're building this?
1: Like you said, I think the first thing you should take a look at is how you like to cook and what are you going to do out there? You know, if you're a gas grill person, great. You know, for me, I'm much more of a charcoal person or a lump charcoal person. I like to, I like the taste of the fire in there and, you know, and you have to be patient with that. At the same point, if you love making bread or you like making pizzas maybe that pizza oven's going to come in there and take a good second spot. So you really kind of have to think about how you're going to use the space, visualize how you're going to set that up. You know, do you need refrigeration to go in there? You know, you they make a lot of great outdoor rated refrigerators. You don't want to go down and buy that you know that cheapy refrigerator and right. put it outside under there cuz you're going to burn that thing up. It's not meant to go outside. And you want something that's exterior rated. So you really want to plan those things out. But like you said, it's 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 planning out how you cook, how you want to cook and to to design it around that. If you're not a pellet person, I wouldn't think about putting pellets in unless that's something you want to learn down the road.
0: Right. Well, and I think, you know, and and that leads me to um, another big topic is I know, you know, this isn't Bonanza and the we don't all own the Ponderosa. So space limitations apply. Mm -hmm. More times than not by a lot, but in the outdoor kitchens and stuff that I've built, I always left a little room for more. You know what I mean? That you could do an add on, you could match it, whether you were doing um, framed or cinder block or whatever, you could add a space for one, possibly two more grills or like you said, a fridge or uh, a pizza oven, or, you know, I've even seen them where they had real gas ovens out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's smart because you think about it: how many people in the heat of the summer, they want to, they want to be cooking in that range, or they're going to cook something, you know, they're going to bake something inside, but it's 105 degrees outside. And you're like, Oh, I'm going to get the house all heated up for four hours while I'm baking stuff. Right. So nice. We'll do that outside and not care about that added heat to the house. Simple.
0: Yeah. And the same thing with a flat top, you know, um, black oh, stone and a lot of those now make very the various sizes, you know, little 24 inch ones up to four feet that are longer, bigger mm-hmm. like that. And you know, pay hey, attention when you get those flat tops. All flat
1: tops, by no means, are equal. Right. So, um, you know, the the cheapy flat top that maybe has one burner control is barely keeping that thing heat hot. It's got a super hot spot down the middle. Yeah. You know, on the outside, it's it's not easy to cook on. But if you get something that's you know a twenty four inch unit with two or three different layers of of burner going down that, now you're getting someplace close. I want to see as much burner space on there, just so you got equal cooking, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And to me, having a flat top accessible to you when, you're, when you are cooking is, to me, it's a real joy, honestly, oh, yeah. because you can do so many things on it that, yeah, you could do them on the grill, but usually it requires some special piece of equipment on the grill. You know, so it doesn't fall through the grates or whatever, uh, unless you get grill grates. And then still, you know, if you want to scramble eggs, if you're doing it in the morning, kind of hard to do it on grill grates. So people are pulling out yeah. the cast iron or whatever, which is fantastic. But if you're cooking a lot like we do, it's easier just to step over there, flip on the the flat top, get a couple of those burners hot and go with it.
1: Yeah, It. It changes breakfast. It changes lunch. If you're going to make, you know, cheese steak sandwiches outside, whatever you're going to do, there's even smash burgers. You can do out on that without having yeah. to get the grill out. So there's a lot of different things you can do out there that are just absolutely wonderful, including, I like it. If you've got one out there just for putting the, the hamburger buns on and some of that other stuff just to yep. get those done right. Instead of trying to use up the space around the grill, if you know what I mean.
0: Well, and if you're, a lot of people like grilled onions. I'm kind of a raw onion guy myself, but uh, there's times. But if you're going to grill some onions and put it on, the, if you're making some sort of monster burger or smash burger, like you said, using a flat top, even if it's a small one, even if it's only a 24-incher, you've got the room to you know, slice up a few onions, put it on there and get them going. And it, it'll make a difference in your final product. I had to get you and Meathead connected because he's he's talking about polies all the time. You know, he's from Chicago mm-hmm. and we have this big discussion about people that put ketchup on their hot dogs or their no, broads. That's evil. I'm
1: a mustard guy. Yeah, but I will put uh, I will put grilled onions and even a little pepper sometime, but a little green pepper can go on there, too. But most of the time, it's that uh, onions and the uh, Cream cheese, and that's money right there.
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Eric G from around the house on Barbecue Nation right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to barbecue nation uh, before we get back talking with my buddy, Eric G and he gives you all the who, what, where, how, and why, and how you can find him here is one of our updates from our good friend, Kel Phelps down from the NBBQA and also uh, barbecue news magazine.
2: So here's Kel welcome y'all. And thanks for listening. Here's what's smoking now. History was made at the 2022 American Royal World Series of Barbecue as QU was crowned the overall champion in the invitational and open competitions. Grant and Gina Baselier from Illinois make up team QU. Together, they bested 249 teams in the invitational competition and over 500 teams in the open competition. In the event's 42 year history, The same team has never won both competitions in the same year until now. Congratulations again, QU, on this tremendous showing. In the market for a new grill or smoker? Get ready to shop hard this holiday season as lots of deals will be lurking at most of the big box stores. Some units are already showing deep discounts even before the holiday shopping season gets started. This is without a doubt just a sign of things coming. Very soon, the World Food Championships will be happening November 10th through the 13th in Dallas, Texas. This is the 10th anniversary of the event and is expected to be one of the biggest events to date. You can learn more about this ultimate food fight at their website, WorldFoodChampionships.com. Did you know you could get the latest barbecue and grilling news, recipes, and event listings every month from Barbecue News Magazine? published monthly for the past 32 years this is the one place to find any and all things about outdoor cooking you can learn more now at barbecuenews.com hey guys thanks as always and until next time keep it smoking
0: thank you kel we appreciate that you can go to the national barbecue association um click on their website which kel runs now he and his wife purchased the NBBQA earlier this year, and um, they're really doing a great job with it. And uh, or you can just go to uh, Barbecue News Magazine. They have a printed and a digital edition, so that's what I'm going to say about that. Now back with Eric, uh, Eric G from Around the House. First of all, I've
1: got my I've got my uh, my own organization now. It's called uh,
0: BYOB. Well, I'm familiar with that. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw some acronyms out, acronyms out there after all yeah, that.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's uh, you know, this is barbecue pronoun week. Didn't you know that? Ah, oh yeah, yeah. It's. I it's, identify as charcoal. I identify as food. There we go. <laughs> there we go. How <laughs> how can people find you?
1: Pretty easy. Uh, I'm out there everywhere. Uh, website aroundthehouseonline.com dot com, or just look up around the house show. So we're on all the social media things except for maybe the. Uh, uh, I mean, we're on Instagram. We're just not doing the TikTok thing yet because I just don't have the time for it.
0: Right, and you've got your new show coming out on Fox.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, around the House Show Northwest. Is going to be starting out here on uh, Grey Television. Uh, It'll be starting out in in February is when we're going to start airing that, and uh, that'll be streaming and on TV, so stay tuned for that with a little more details as they come out.
0: I bet you geographically expand uh, before too long, as my guess, knowing you.
1: Yeah, got to get the training wheels on, make sure that we're running good before I want to hit the expansion button, but uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that wasn't the second part of that
0: sure all right so now to a personal note here what is your favorite thing to cook outside
1: i'm a tri-tip guy i'm just i've always been a tri-tip guy i i've thrown tri-tip on having some sourdough bread i'm a happy man
0: yeah yep yeah, i'm with you on that i think uh they're kind of um um They're kind of the weekend warriors version of brisket in a way to me I know a lot of people in the barbecue world, a lot of people that listen to this show, they're big brisket folks, which is great. But if you don't have the time, um, I'd go with tri tip Yeah. I
1: mean, I love brisket. I know I have a lot of friends that spend a lot of time and they come out with a okay brisket. And to me, brisket is either right or it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I love the flavor of tri tip. And uh, it's just something that I've been doing for probably 20 years when I had to go to my butcher to get it before you could go get it at Costco or someplace outside right. on, the, on the shelf, you know. But uh, that was one of those things early on I got into. But uh, yeah, brisket's great. I don't have the time. And quite frankly, with my, um, Kamado style one that I have and my Weber out there right now, I'm not really built for doing that thing properly out there. I I don't have the gear for it yet.
0: Well, you will eventually, but, uh, but brisket does take a lot of time, even if you only cook it for, you know, handful of hours and then wrap it and either throw it in a cooler or throw it back on the grill, whichever, you know, three, two, one step, whatever. Um, it does take a lot of time. And time is directly proportional to the amount of beer you drink and Mm -hmm. so, or other liquids. And so I usually try to stay on my feet past noon on the weekend. Yeah. That's that's just me. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah. Well, years ago that might've not been the plan, but I made it
1: right. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been in every time zone in the world. So Mm -hmm pick one i'll be there you know exactly like that exactly
1: but yeah i mean it's it's i can so appreciate it but um with my schedule it's tough to sit there and go okay for dinner tonight i'm going to spend the day working on this
0: eric G from around the house thanks for being with us eric is going to stick around for after hours well i will torture him mercilessly but uh, yeah uh also We will tell you, if you live here in the Portland area or the Northwest, even though both of our shows go across the country, November 11th, Eric and I are two-thirds of the team, along with the iconic Bob Miller here in Portland, to uh, do the Operation Helping Our Heroes, which is coming up here in about three weeks, and uh, we'll tell you more about that on the upcoming shows, but you can stream that you can listen to us live you'll be able to see things on facebook the whole McGill there so that's operation helping our heroes uh november 11th based here in portland
2: we're yeah, going if, get-
1: if you send us stories will you pay us and donate it we'll tell one of your buddies stories for you on the show there yeah you just have to write us a check uh, for the donation
2: yeah
0: that's it that's all we care about uh we're going to get out of here we'll be back next week uh what do we got i think we got rod gray the new head honcho over there at kcbs and then we'll have uh coming up uh meathead will be coming up in the next few weeks along with uh graham kerr the galloping gourmet we've got some great stuff to take you out to the end of the year so until then take care everybody we'll be back and remember our motto turn it don't burn it take care everybody